Right, good evening, everybody. In fact, I shouldn't start with that because as it's a, uh, a podcast, so good whatever time of day it is for you. Welcome along to the Still Parents podcast. My name is Dan. Obviously, we're, we're joined by our regulars. We have Matt. How, how are you, Matt? I'm all right, thanks, mate. Yeah, how are you? <laughs> uh, we also have uh, Ryan. Of course, everyone knows Ryan, Lily Mae Foundation. Evening, Ryan. How are you? I'm um, very well, thanks, Dan. And uh, joining us tonight, our, our guest is Mikey Anderson. Uh, welcome along to the Still Parents podcast, Mikey. How are you? Are you well? Yeah, good, thanks, Dan. Yeah, all good. All good. Now, it's a little bit different tonight because Mikey is actually someone who reached out to Ryan after discovering the podcast. So I don't think, correct me if I'm wrong, but you weren't aware of, because I think you're you're near Bedford, aren't you? Yeah. You weren't aware of the Lily Mae Foundation. You just discovered the the podcast organically, which is good. What you like? Could you just give yourself a, an introduction? How you found the podcast? How you got in touch with Ryan, and um, why you're here? Yeah, sure. Um, so I'm Mikey. My wife and I, Tasha, we lost our baby boy Arthur on the 18th of September uh, last year, 2020. So quite recently, that was down. So yeah, it was down at the Luton and Dunstable Hospital down down this way. So yeah, he was um, stillborn at 33 weeks. Um, so we found out on the Sunday. Um, in fact, we we realised that there's been reduced movement throughout the day. So we went into um, the maternity unit, and um, I was waiting in the car with with our dog. Um, and then the nurses came out to me in the car and said couldn't find a heartbeat and lost a baby. And so one of the nurses kindly kind of took the dog off me and sat in my car while I went in to, to see Tasha. And then we, uh, yeah, we had to go back into the hospital. Um, I think it was on the Thursday. Um, tough to just remember the timings, to be honest. It was all a bit of a blur, um, but we, um, we had to go back in so Tasha could deliver our fur. And we, um, when he was delivered, we stayed there for the night. So we spent a bit, bit of time with him before we, um, before we had to go. Um, so uh, it was all during um, like a previous guest that you had on I think it was all during lockdown so there was that yeah. kind of added sort of anxiety I guess to lead into this yeah. the topic yeah. of today and you know with everything going on um, and it's I think we've had various levels of support since then so obviously I'm in you know I'm down in Bedfordshire so there's a support uh, network over here which has been great for the both of us uh, feel both free to uh, feel free to shout them out if you, if you if oh you yeah want. it's chums um so um chums do like group sessions and they do individual one-on-one support too um and uh you know we've had all sorts of looking at stuff on tommy's what they kind of do but i think it's only been recently where i've been struggling a lot with anxiety and coping with grief and to an extent a dedicated baby loss counselor has been helping with that. But at the same time, I was looking for, you know, something more for dads where it was more specific to that. And it was getting to the point, like I work in marketing and I was sitting there said to, to Tasha, I was like, I'm just going to do my own thing. Like, I, you know, even if it helps up one person, at least I could, at least I could do that for someone. So I was kind of looking around about what other dads podcasts are out there and I couldn't find any and then stumbled across yours it's like my when I was kind of just google searching I think and mm. I, I found you guys on Spotify as I was saying before we went live like I, I didn't even know you guys did it on, on Facebook or anything like that um but the first one I heard was um you're talking about like the elephant in the room yeah. and it was just I just remember there'd been such like a it was like a I don't know like a weight had been lifted off my shoulders or like it was it was like a fresh air 
yeah almost that i was hearing you guys all talk about baby loss without a stigma attached to it from a dad's perspective and i think that's just what i really needed and i think i sent Roy an email just saying yeah it's just really helped me they just listened to that was it was so helpful and listened to the the great ones you've done after um so yeah i really appreciate you having me on um well we really appreciate you you listening and not only that just taking the time to to get in touch because ryan if i could bring you in yeah you um sent to me the was it the email or the message saying what had happened and would you like to uh, introduce exactly what it is we are going to be talking about tonight on the podcast because this is all very important to you and i think something that you've been dealing with and still are dealing with what i wanted to talk about was the anxiety just as on the whole and i think how that maybe could be triggered for some people i guess by baby loss they've never had it before and that's then fired off a load of stuff afterwards or like me it's something i've struggled with for a number of years and i think just having an event you know as as traumatic as a baby loss kind of fires you off into a different direction with that um so um yeah as you said i think everyone goes through these things differently like i'll go through grief and anxiety differently to my wife and you know we live together and it's and Arthur's our, our boy and but we'll still have different opinions on how things go of um, course, so yeah. yeah definitely definitely agree with that Ryan what's your what's your take on this after Mike got Mikey got in touch with you and and the sort of conversations you had initially before we came on I mean obviously it was great to hear from well I say that it was great to hear from Mikey obviously not with his with his story because it's obviously a, a completely and utterly a devastating story for both him, his wife, friends, family, and and so forth. And and obviously our thoughts are with Mikey and and um, Natasha following the loss of Arthur. The the immediate thing that sort of sprung to my mind then, because I didn't know Mikey's story um, as he's just told it. It's quite ironic to some extent that this evening's podcast is called the Anxiety Monster because when I was listening to Mikey then, my anxiety shot through the roof because from the the thought that Mikey was sat in the car with his dog and his wife was in there by herself and had to be told by herself because of this Mm. situation that we're in, I cannot place myself mentally in that position because I know what it was like to be there when you're told when your wife is there, but to actually be told and not be um, there with your wife at the time must be, I, 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 I can understand now why Mikey has got in touch and talked about that anxiety type, sorry, those anxious feelings, because I would imagine there are probably questions that go through Mikey's head that would go through any male's head about how, how much different would this have been, albeit that the, the end result is the same, but how much different would this have been if I were there with my wife or I'd, I'd, it's absolutely blown me away that as because I, obviously, I, like I said, I didn't know the story. Um, if you, if I could just jump in, Ryan, if that's all right, Mike. You know when if you don't mind us talking to you about this, and obviously, if, yeah, if sure. at any point you feel uncomfortable, just just tell me to to go do one. But just I'm imagining as Ryan said that whole, and it I think it threw us all back a little bit. So you sat there in the in the car park with your dog in the car. And everything's going on because of the coronavirus and the, the lockdown, et cetera. What sort of communications whilst what's going through your mind at the time? And how, do, how was the communication between the hospital and yourself? What, you know, in um, terms of the frequency of it or, you know, being there to answer questions or give you support, all of that. So I think 
so we yeah we went in for reduced movements i think when i was sitting in the car i was just expecting them to do a scan mm. you know she'd be coming out and i've just that's what kind of gives me the trauma because i was imagining her walking out of the hospital doors but yeah. instead it was two nurses you know when you do like a double take when you're like yeah. okay yeah that's not for me like you know yeah. and then when they came right up to my window and they're not it was like a someone had just literally hit me across the head mm. with something and i was a bit dizzy and had to kind of I've got a very needy dog, so I couldn't just leave him in the car. And one of the nurses kind of helped and and sat there with him. But they were, you know, it's all a bit of a blur. I think when I was going in there, you know, I can't even remember walking into the room. I just remember I remember being in the room, having left my car, um, but I can't really remember going there. Um, and I remember them kind of talking to me, and and Tasha, we were there, and they were giving us some advice, and they were. They were just seemed just as devastated as we were, to be fair, like the hospital staff, but they were all mm. amazing. They were really, really just supportive. They, it was almost like COVID wasn't even a thing when we were in there. They were just, they were that supportive of us, you know, really. I think one of them was even giving us a hug on the way out, if I remember it right, and just making sure we were okay. And in fact, through the whole time we were there, like Tasha, quite a long labor, I think it was over 20 hours and having that, uh, change of midwives every yeah. time we were there so we were there about three nights in the end everyone was amazing um and it was all again like they were wearing masks when they came in but the nurses were all like or the midwives sorry they were all taking their masks off when they came in the room and they were like yeah. you know hi like i've got a face underneath here um yeah. and i cannot speak more highly of everyone at the lnd at luton and dunstable hospital in that department because they were just amazing like we couldn't have gone through it without them being being how they were um, and it just goes to show like you know they were going through it with us you know and they had to deliver Arthur and um, help us through that time so it's almost like they were you know they were yeah. just on that journey with us in a way um, but it was yeah it, it's hard to put it into words of just saying oh it was tough or you know it was really hard yeah. I don't really have the right the right phrase for it yet I think you know what I've done I've done lots of training sessions with midwives with medical professionals with university students and the only ever way I've been able to even get people close to um feeling how or sorry taking on taking on board how you feel when you are told that news is by asking them to put their fingers in their ears and hum while you're talking to them and and yeah. they literally they, they don't have a clue obviously what you're saying and mm. And that is basically, it's like we see white noise on a TV. It's like that, but in your ears and, and in your head, it's you just absolutely scrambles you. I'm, I'll hold my hands up now. I feel quite anxious now talking mm. because, I, <laughs> Mikey, that, that story is really, that's really, really hit me, that has. That's really hit me hard because I would never have thought, actually, that, and I suppose this is just the, you don't think about the the effects that COVID coronavirus has had on real life situations. Um, and okay, you know, we work for the charity and what have you, and we we have supported people following the loss. But actually, when you hear it and you hear the story like that, mate, my thoughts are with you. Yeah. For, for me, I, I don't know. Thinking back to my experience, I don't I don't know how I'd have done that. I'll be honest with you. I don't know how I'd have not being able to be in there at that point. Um, 
Matt, before you continue with that, just be, for anyone who's not heard the podcast before, who hasn't <clears> listened to maybe when we um, first spoke, and also for Mikey, do you mind just giving a brief reminder yeah. of, of your experience too? Yeah, so we we lost um, uh, Callie on the 1st of June um, 2016. Overall, it was textbook pregnancy and everything was fine. It just changed very, very rapidly over a period of about an hour. She was born, but but unfortunately she passed away. And, and um, it... I think just as you said, hearing that, hearing that news um, in the car, it straight away brings me back to that that time and the room that I was in. It's an experience that you can't you can't really um, explain to anyone unless you you've been at that point. It's almost like it's a point of um, point of no return. And I, I've always put it as this: that um, in general, in life, you can. You can fix things. If you've broken something, you can fix them. Uh, if things don't work, you throw them away, you get a new one. With with this, there is no fixing it. It's just living and dealing with it. That's a real hard thing to try and think about when you when you when you get it in your mind. And it's a real kind of um, complex sort of feeling to try and tackle as well. You know, like I said, that's that's a real that's that's one of the real um big areas of, of baby loss that that hits me quite a lot is the fact that whatever I do, wherever I go, whoever I am, whatever I do, my family, friends, whatever, I can never change what's happened now. You know? And that's that's hard sometimes. You can't, hard fix, sometimes. It. You can't you know, fix it. No, it's hard sometimes to take that and it's hard to swallow it and um it, it changes the way you think about things as well, really. <laughs> Mikey, I know, obviously, we're here to talk about the anxiety monster and in general how being anxious about getting upset in front of other people, bearing in mind you'd never seen our faces in your life, you know, yeah. half an hour ago, how to talk uh, about your loss to other people. Yeah, it's, it's definitely still a, a big problem. I think we, Tasha and I both deal with it in different ways, but I think we, it's one thing for me when, you know, I'm speaking with, Tasha about Arthur or it's our baby loss counsellor at Chums or it's you know even new guys and that's um it's it seems like a different thing to me than talking with you know family or yeah. even my close friends like I'm, I'm I'm very lucky enough you know to have really close friends who would understand and mm. they they would give me all the support that I'd want and if I wanted to yeah. talk to them and open up then then I would but I remember it was it was in that period of time when you could still sit in a pub and book a table and have your hand sanitizer and all that. And um, all my guys came down to um, came down to meet me, and we just yeah. went and had a pint or two, which was really nice. But I just didn't feel like I could open up to them yeah. about things. Did they sense did always, they sense that, or did you feel they were holding back? Maybe didn't know what to say because I think yeah. for anyone, I think that's, yeah, if you just I agree. Push it on them. It, it's hard to know what to say yeah. in response, but yeah. I think it's also like what what's a what ground is okay to tread on sometimes exactly, and yeah. you know what what to not say or don't want to make it worse type thing mm. so in the end we just ended up the only chat we really talked about it was was how's Tasha doing and yeah I was like okay well I can I can talk about that that's in yeah. my kind of wheelhouse of easy things I can kind <laughs> yeah. of rattle off some things you yeah. know but um when it comes to me I think it's I, I remember saying to someone the other day it, it might have even been Tasha I said I think I've probably been asked maybe in a certain period of time, it was like the last three months or so, I've only been asked maybe a couple of times if I was all right. And I think right. both of those times were by 
a baby loss counsellor that I'll speak to. So it's it's kind of a, a two-way thing. Like I get mm. it that I had no idea about baby loss before mm. I lost a baby. I didn't even realise it could be a, a thing because I guess you don't you don't fathom that that could happen mm. to someone, let alone yourself. And so I think I understand that people might not know what to say or how to deal with yeah. that grief and be there for you in the best way. Um, but I'm lucky enough that I've got some friends who have... Um, been giving me that space to just ask questions um, rather than saying, oh, you know, the, the cliche stuff that you guys have talked about before, you know, like, oh, it'll be fine or, oh, you'll have another child in the future, you know, that mm. kind of stuff that doesn't help you at, during that grief period. So You've literally just mirrored exactly the same experience as mm. what I felt like I had. And I, I almost put mine into sort of three three stages where the the immediate aftermath where I literally cried in front of anyone. It, it was mates, um, family, Amy, um, whoever it may be. And then it got to the point where I started to feel a bit embarrassed or I suppose you could say anxious as well on who you were showing your emotion in front of. And is, that, then, is, that, is that a guy thing, do you I think? think or? Yeah, I think it probably is, yeah. I think it probably is. A whole male ego thing, isn't it? A whole male ego thing, yeah. Because, um, I, I, in fact, I remember... a. a an instance and it was I think it was the day before Lily's funeral where I actually broke down in, in Amy's mom and dad's kitchen in front of Amy saying I'd never walk her down the aisle but then I remember Amy's mom and dad walking into the kitchen and I like immediately tried to turn around and not show them that I was well I walked out the kitchen because I didn't want them to see that I was upset whereas two or three days or a week before that god I was bawling my eyes out you know at every, every opportunity I could have I think I read somewhere that it's, it's, I can't remember where I read this. It's, you get to, just with any emotional grief, not maybe not this particular thing, but in general, you get to a point where you feel subconsciously guilty for pushing your emotions onto other people. It doesn't matter that it's, it's fine to do so and you're hurting and you're, you're, your brain's going through trauma. And I think it's just a, it's like a, a brain defense mechanism, isn't it? Sometimes to, oh, to shut that. down. Yeah. I've got that really, really bad. Like I'm the kind of person who will probably go out of their way to stop a situation being awkward. But I think it's yeah. a huge part of that for me is that I don't want, I know that they're there for me, but I don't want to put them through that trauma as well. Like I almost want to protect people from it. So I find it quite hard to open up in that sense to maybe the people you, you care about. I don't know, because you don't want it to be as hard hitting for them maybe as it was for you i think there's definitely a huge part of that for me that, that resonates dan and, it's, it's, yeah it's interesting because just after we we spent three days in the hospital with, with with cali and then we come back on the friday and i had a message off a lad who um i i managed at, um at football and this lad was um he was a uh, a character to say the least and he was one of these it's always guys. a polite way of putting it isn't it yeah yeah but he was <laughs> He was uh, in a good way. Like he, <laughs> he, he had one of those. It's one of those characters that you to start with. You think like, what's what's he all about? And then as you get to know him, he's very very yeah. honest. But yeah. the point is, what I'm getting here is that, that he had no filter. But while I was in the hospital, he messaged me on Facebook. He said, "When you get back, you need to yeah. message me, and I'm coming to pick you up." And he took me out, and he took me to his gym and we had some breakfast there and two or three of the other lads came down as well. What do you and have a protein bar and a protein shake? No, we had a full, full English mate in the, in the gym. I had a full English. I, I what, what, 
What gym um, does that? I need to join yeah. that one. <laughs> In a strange way, it almost started me on my journey of talking about it because okay. it was almost like it was almost like a push from mm. him, sort of to say, you know what? Talk about this. <laughs> yeah. Talk about it. You know, really, really, you know, show your emotion, talk about it. And he was an emotional character. He really was. The one thing I've found on this journey is that you lose certain people, mm. but you'll gain people you didn't think you'd ever gain. And and some people will come along and you'll be like, well, we were kind of friends before, but actually they're they're almost like they're better yeah. in this yeah. circumstance. It just slots into place, doesn't it? Yeah. I think sometimes you need that um that person that we all know who has that I'm going to say overbearing personality just because off the top of my mind, I can't think of anything else to say, but when you're, you're maybe not having the mental clarity for <laughs> very valid reasons, someone who just says, right, come on, you come in with me, whether you want to or not. Mm-hmm. It's like the whole thing. Once you, you know, if you want to go for a walk, if you want to go to the gym and it's like, you don't want to do it, but once you're there within a couple of minutes, you're feeling better yeah. Yeah. almost immediately. And you yeah. know, at the time it's going to be worthwhile doing. Yeah. It's like Matt said there, you meet I've met a lot of people, obviously, through the charity, and I've met a lot of um, individuals who I haven't known for anywhere near as long as, you know, Matt, who's my best mate, or uh, not this Matt. One of my Sorry, best. Matt. <laughs> <laughs> no, what I'm trying to say is that I've met, I've met a lot of people, you know, people like Matt, people like other, other people throughout the charity and stuff, who, because you've shared that experience with them, mm. they almost feel like you've known them for for donkey's years and you can class them as extremely close mates that you know you can go because you've got a bond with them and you know that when you speak to them about something you're speaking off or sorry singing off exactly the same hymn yeah it's true well so those situations you can form bonds very very quickly can't you depending on the environment at the time i think they it's almost like the big brother scenario isn't it you're there in such an you know and the intent not Obviously, you're not in a house just full of other people, but the intensity and everything's amplified. Yeah. I've always, or I always used to wonder, you watch like, I'm a celeb, get me out of here or something. Mm. Like, oh, I love that program. And within a week, all the celebs are saying to each other, love you, love you. <laughs> because they're so yeah, yeah. close-knit, because they're, yeah, they're together. Well, actually, yeah. it, it's like that. It, yeah, it, yeah. It is. This group. Yeah. I do believe we have got a message. Is, is this from your Amy, Ryan, who sent this? Yeah, this is from my Amy, because obviously Amy runs our uh, one-to-one baby loss support service, and she has just put a comment on the page. And I, I think it comes a point where they can't talk to friends and family anymore for mm. fear of always being sad and talking about baby loss and that it, that it takes over your life. And, I, I, yeah, I, I suppose I can resonate with that to some extent because I, I did go through a phase where you feel that it is the only thing that you're talking about all the time. But I think that's because... Yeah, it's like, fair um, enough, though, isn't it? You know? Yeah, but it's also heightened at the same time because that exactly. is what is overtaking you at that time. And I suppose for um, other people who um, don't experience that, I would imagine it probably does sound that you are talking about it all the time. And I suppose that then makes you more anxious because you feel like you're always talking. So it's, it's almost like that horrible circle, isn't it? Where I think again, though, I'd, I'd almost question, it depends on who you're with because you just feel, you get a sense of an atmosphere when you're with somebody and maybe you could be with two different people and one of them wouldn't make you feel that way. And the other one would, and almost like what Matt said when, um, sorry, I didn't catch the name of the person who, who dragged you out for a drink and, 
sort of you became um, good no, friends. The one you yeah. called a dodgy character. No, <laughs> he's um his name's Craig Sodlow. I call him Sodders. Yeah. He's um he's a good man. You need those people. The ones who you can who might just say, just front up to you and say, I'd, I mean, I'd, I'd question anyone who said, come on, you're talking about it too much. Like, like there's something more important that you could be mentioning. Just, Dan, I'm not joking. It happens. Somebody yeah, said yeah. it to me once. Somebody <sighs> genuinely turned that makes That makes me angry. Well, do you know what? I, um, I'm, not a, I'm not a fighter. I'm not one of them type of people. I've got an anger. I've got, I can get angry, as I think everybody can get angry. But I'll tell you now, I could have, um, I could have done some serious damage here because somebody said to me once, do you not think? Do you not think it's time that you just just forget now? And and do you not think you've done done enough? Do you not think that you've? It's like yeah. oh, oh, yeah. oh, thanks, thanks for bringing that up. Yeah, I'll just do Doing that then. Tally as I've been going along, yeah, and I've reached my tally point. You know, and some people need to engage that before they engage that. I've got. I'm really. I said I'm really lucky. I've got a friend. One of my best friends, Jake. He's um, you know he lives in Essex, and I'm in Bedfordshire so like at least an hour away anyway but he's messaging me almost every day just about other things you know saying how I am and that distraction's really really good but he's not afraid to say you know how are you doing you know and you know you're feeling all right this week and sometimes not all time but sometimes I do feel like I can come back and say actually no I'm not all right today to be fair like I'm finding it really hard at the minute or actually and I think the that's where a lot of the anxiety comes in as well. And it's something that I've, as I think I was saying to Ryan in the email I sent when I first got in touch with you guys, that I think when it comes to anxiety, it's not, I like to think of it as like an ocean. So yeah, okay. you can't change like the tide coming in and out. You can't change how like high or like low the waves mm. are, or you know how frequent they are. Mm. You, know, you can't stop the ocean itself from being mm. there. It's always there. So all you can really do is, you know, either watch how the water moves or you yeah. can just learn to adapt how you surf it, I think. And managing those, mm-hmm. like, up and downs, I think is, you know, you, you can't stop anxiety from being there. I think it's like it's a human emotion, right? So, you've, you know, we're all going to feel it at some point in our lives or something. Yeah. I think baby loss is obviously, it's got to be up there with, you know, if not, like, the, the most anxiety you could feel, you know, not even just... You know, is your other half going to be okay? Are you going to be okay? Mm. Your family, your friends, how it's affecting them? Trying for another pregnancy, that's a, a whole ball of anxiety in itself. And so I think it's not about fixing it. Uh, I think um, yeah. that Matt was saying earlier, like so a lot of, I think the guy in me is like, just, you know, you can fix that. You can stop being anxious. But I think I'm finding it's more maybe acknowledging that it's there being a bit more present with it maybe it's it's less of a monster to you because once you because uh, distractions are great like I, I like you know it's good to and obviously I haven't had the, the chance since Arthur's passed that I can go out for a, a beer with my mates all the time and have that kind of social interaction during Covid but so it's actually been quite nice being in a little bubble I think it's like one of your previous guests said but um at the same time like I think a level of distraction is good and healthy but at the same time I think it's important to sit down with your emotions and be in check yeah, with them. And just, even just acknowledging it's there, you know, just, I think that's one thing that I've, again, I've not got things sussed out when it comes to managing it properly. And there's days when I, I really do struggle. I think there's, you know, times when I can feel myself like feeling sick or high yeah. heart rate or just feeling really stressed out about something yeah. or getting overwhelmed. 
Um, it's a whole bottling and, it, keeping it bottled in, isn't it? I, I, I would say don't be too harsh yeah. on yourself because obviously we, I don't know you apart from the conversation that we've had so far tonight. But one of those, it's just, it's like a pressure valve, isn't it? To make sure you have those people that you can talk to, to make sure that you have someone. And I think that analogy that you used about the waves is, is brilliant because it's so true. You can't stop it. You can't beat it. It's there. It will always be there. You find a way to roll with it. Yeah, it's just and, how you manage yeah. it. I think that's the, the thing. And like you said, I think having the people around you and not being, I think you touched on this in the previous podcast, but I think maybe not being afraid about it because it's it's there. And as a guy, I think, I don't know if you guys can relate, like I would have to be dragged down by Tasha to the GP for anything that's wrong with me. Like I will <laughs> not set foot in that place or yeah. a hospital or anything at the best of times. So mm. for me to pick up the phone and speak to, I remember when I spoke on my first mm. group session, which you know is it's obviously I think that as you all know like the first time you're talking to other people about baby loss I think it's probably one of the hardest because you don't know what to say you don't know where to go with it and how it makes you feel but I think after that point that burden was a little bit easier to easier to bear but having I think as a guy just knowing that it's all right to be anxious it's all right to not be all right and seeking support from like whether it's you know someone like you know, Lily May, or if it's just a friend or family, that's it's okay to do that. It's not a sign of weakness to absolutely to do that. If, if anything, it's a sign of strength. It's almost like the old, um, yet the alcoholic, the the first major part of of somebody um, admitting that they have a problem with alcohol is actually admitting that they have a problem with alcohol and seeking the support and and being the first person to turn around and say, "I need help." <laughs> I know exactly what I did when we lost Lily. I know exactly what I did and I knew exactly why I was doing it. And all I was doing is I was just pushing it further and further and further away. And 12 months later, I think I'd had a bad day at work and I came home, had a panic attack. Mm. At that point then that I had to actually face it head on, that I've got an issue here that I need to, to get it sorted. And how, from that moment, can you remember how you felt? Was there an, an immediate relief or was it a gradual thing? Because the bodies, we're not designed to keep these things in. So I had a massive panic attack where I had uh, paramedics out because I genuinely thought I was going to die. It was just, a, there was just, it was almost like there was just a mountain of mm. stuff that just got too high. Yeah, exactly. It was almost like you were just filling up a cup mm. and it just started overflowing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and eventually it all came out. And um, from that day, since since that day, I I mean, I'm, I'm happy to admit it now. I I take medication to help me with anxiety mm. and I have done ever since that day. And I go through times where I don't take such a higher dose. And that tends to be due in the summer months. And again, Ryan, there shouldn't, you, you said about just admitting it. It's There's yeah. a stigma attached to that. There's nothing wrong with that no and and, and you know during the summer months i I tend to be on a lower dose because obviously the day day, daylight and and all that sort of stuff so and and i work with the gp and and stuff like that and then throughout the winter months it tends to increase again but i'm not scared to say that and i wouldn't say I'm, i'm not drug dependent i've just been on it for a period of time and it works for me You know, if if that's the way I have, to, if that's the way I live my life, but that's the way I'll live my life, and hopefully one day I'll eventually come off it and I'll be able to live it without that. The whole admitting that there is something and that there is help, uh, sorry, that you need help, 
that for me is the is the main. I, I actually felt like somebody had just taken so much weight off my shoulders mm. at that point because I felt like you say. I said earlier, sorry, Dan, we we just bottle things up, don't we? When yeah. men, we just bottle things up. Which brings us back to one of the original reasons why Ryan suggested that we we start the podcast. To, yeah. It's just men talking. And, <laughs> and, and I've said, Mikey, I've, you know, I've been, I've known Ryan for about five, six years and start, started hosting a, a couple of events for him. Uh, known Matt since we started doing the the podcast and as someone who's not been through this situation the amount i've learned through this series that's why i got a little bit angry earlier because i would hate for someone if one of my friends went through this situation and they were around me just knowing that my presence has made them anxious that they are talking about it too much because that would make me feel like a terrible person it would be i want it to be completely the other way around so i mean learning all of these things each and every podcast is is i think very valuable and which is why I think it's good that we've done this series and it's up there for anyone, you know, even if someone's listening to this a year from now, none mm. of the information that we've given out is any different apart from maybe lockdown restrictions and things yeah. like that. Maybe we can come back and revisit this in a, in a year from now. Um, I'm wary of the time. It's already, it's flown by, it's 10 to nine. So there's a couple of bits I'd like to, to ask you again, Mikey, but before we do, just to follow up from the message that um, Amy runs other half. Hello, Amy. I hope you enjoyed your walk, by the way. <laughs> is, uh, she sent a message earlier and she's uh, done a follow-up with some advice. Now, just to uh, remind everyone, it was, it was about that point about talking to friends uh, for fear of always being sad and, and talking about baby loss. She's uh, followed that up with some advice. She's just said that her advice is to always turn it around and think of it as in, if this happened to your friend, what would you say to them? Mm. Or how would you feel? Um, as it, this is most likely how your friends and family are feeling. So it's absolutely okay to talk if you need to. Absolutely correct. And I suppose it's the same in anything, whether, you know, it's baby loss, whether you lose a friend to... Yeah, absolutely uh, agree. To, ...to an illness or, or some sort, you know. You know, that actually brings me on to something else, which I just want to very quickly talk about, is there's a, there's a chap that's got in contact with us and his name is Gary Anderson. Um, and he has um, written a book and it's called Daddy and the Two Bears. Um, and that book um, is actually out and it's specifically designed for... Um, bereaved men um, because of the loss of um, his babies we've advertised the book on our page on our Facebook page and our Instagram page so we will be advertising that again but I just said to Gary that we would definitely put that book tonight so obviously tonight the anxiety monster is the reason that we have Mikey on Mikey got in touch with, if you just joined us, just a quick recap, Mikey got in touch with Ryan after discovering the podcast. Mikey lives near Bedford, somewhere between Bedford and Luton, I think you said, is that right? That's it, yeah. And got in touch and just all things anxiety. And it's been, it's been an absolute, I mean, I'd never want to meet anyone in situations such as this, but it's been an absolute pleasure having you on, Mikey. I think you spoke oh, really you. well. I think you're stronger than maybe you give yourself credit for. And so based on that, there's a little bit of a tough question, but I feel as, as the host, I have to ask this and because it is dealing with anxiety. Yes. Yeah. How, how do you feel about trying for another baby, knowing what could happen, what has happened in the past and how you've dealt with it so far and that it is completely out of your, your control? That's the sort of point where we're navigating now that is, you know, it's almost been six months since, since we lost our, so it's, you know, it, it feels me with 
yeah, a lot of anxiety on a day-to-day yeah. basis, you know, not knowing what that, I know what that process of is similar to what Matt was saying, that we had a, mm. you know, pitch perfect pregnancy right up until the mm. fact that we drove to the hospital. So I know what that journey is like, mm. you know, I know I've done that, but at the same time, I just know it's completely different now. Yeah. And, you know, there's going to be that added weight and everything, you know, trying to figure out meticulously, you, you know, mm. you're doing things right or not. It's hard, you know, when if you use the analogy of the ways, I guess, again, like if when you're at the lowest point, you know, thinking that, that stuff's just going to happen again or it could happen again mm. and you go down that rabbit yeah. hole, sometimes it's hard to keep your head above water with it. Mm. And um, But I think it's the way I'm looking at it is that I can't control that. And I think going back to the sort of the anxiety thing, it's, it is just I can't control those things. All I can sort of do is be present, just try to be there for, you know, I know that if I'm there for Tasha and we're there for each other, I'm lucky mm. that we have each other in that. Because I know there's some people who may who may not have another half to yeah. you know, to go through that with on a day to day basis. Mm. And um, I think as long as we're doing that and taking care of ourselves mentally and physically, yeah. you know, that's that's all we can do. And whatever else happens, we'll would we'll, you know we'll get through it. And it's it's hard to think like that on a bad day. So today's a yeah. good. I'm having a good day. So I think, you know, relatively. Yeah. So I think it's easy to say that. You know, yeah. easier said than done. But it's almost um, as if yeah. you need two versions of yourself. The version that when you're having a bad day, you can get, you can unbox your good version. Or even if yeah. you just record, maybe next time you have a bad day, listen to this podcast and the exact answer that you've just given. Because we all yeah. have those moments where we know we're looking at things with a darker mindset and everything is worst case scenario. And I say worst case scenario with a hint of irony because you, you've been through worst case scenario. But knowing you know, what you've learned with that, the whole, everything that we've spoke about with anxiety, how to cope with your feelings you know, in ways which are healthy, they're not destructive. And those times where you are really struggling is just remembering that you're not, you're not, that's not you. That's not you all the time. That's, that's not even you in an hour from now. It's how you, it's how you think about those things, which, you know, anyway, I mean, I'm just repeating back to you what you've said, to be honest, <laughs> using my no, voice. No, you're, yeah. you're absolutely right. I think another thing is good as well. I don't know. It depends at what stage someone's listening to these podcasts or kind of getting support, but I know there was a point just after we lost Arthur that I didn't think getting to this point that I'm at now was possible. Mm. Uh, that was hard for me to comprehend mm. at the time six months down the line or 10 years down the line that's been giving me a lot of hope you know when we've been speaking to some of the people in the group sessions I attend with chums there's a couple who are maybe a couple years ahead of us in their journey or you know Matt Ryan speaking with you guys like it gives me a lot of strength knowing that you guys are at that stage in your journey because I know that it's possible to to get there and to have your outlook on how things have happened in the past so I I don't know I kind of I, I saw a really good thing on um headspace that meditation app um which yes. i find really yeah, useful yeah, yeah. Um, right i think it was on there yeah it's really good they had a thing with like blue sky so they were like think about it as in like if you've got anxiety or stuff mm. i think it was like there's there's clouds everywhere so mm. if you can imagine if you're really anxious you're overwhelmed there's clouds above you that's all you can see but the blue sky is always it's always yeah. there but the blue yes. sky never goes yeah. away yeah. it's yeah. just covered up and sometimes it just takes that little bit of sun shining through if you can remember oh yeah there is that blue sky mm-hmm. above it. And that's, I've always found that as a really nice analogy to kind of, no matter what you're going through, yeah, whether it yeah, is yeah. obviously baby loss, but it could be anything, you know, just remembering yeah. that blue sky's there. Easier said than done. It is easier said than done. And there can be a bit of a cynical attitude to, you know, sometimes, you know, it's just words, but they're, they're so true. 
It's absolutely yeah, true. Yeah. I mean, the, 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 you are the analogy king as far as this podcast goes. <laughs> They're brilliant. No, I just say that analogy is true. It's great. It's, it's so unless, true. Unless, you, unless you're skydiving. Because I'll tell you something, <laughs> when we were skydiving not that long ago, I couldn't think of the monkeys if the blue sky was up there and the clouds were in front of me because I was petrified. <laughs> so there you go, Mike. Next time you're having a bad true. day, Ryan's taking you for a skydive. Oh, dear. <laughs> He wouldn't get me up there, I don't think. Honestly, though, I back up what Dan's just said there. You are the analogy king. And and, and actually, (laughs) do you know what I would say to you, to somebody from six months ago to six months now is, you don't know how strong you actually are until being strong is one of the only things you have to do. If you look at it like that and you think of every day as a challenge where you are, you're getting from one day to the next. This is why, to some extent, the 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 um, the the word in what doesn't kill you only makes you stronger. As much as I absolutely hate that, there is actually an element of truth to it, and that when you you need to be strong, and strong and being strong is the only thing that you have. That is what I would say to people if they can think about where they were six yeah. months ago. I, I like that one as well. I think one of the reasons why it sometimes gets a bad rep, that one, is because it's so over, overused, isn't yeah, it, yeah. to a degree? But there, there is a, a lot of truth in that, I think, as well. Yeah, absolutely. I think we're pretty much ready to, to wrap it up, unless there's any final words from anybody. The, the main thing for me tonight has just been, I've just listened more, because I think, you know, when you meet someone, someone new and, and someone like Mike who who is dealing with stuff on a day-to-day basis. I, I sometimes you just listening to that person yeah. just, just helps. And, and and my my advice, my only advice for you, Mikey, is that you feel how you want to feel. Don't let don't let anyone tell you how to feel because they ultimately they're they're not dealing with it. They're not going through it. So just never never think that you are a hindrance on someone never think that you are a struggle for someone else and actually the people that that may feel that for me they're not worth dealing with anyway you know yeah, i appreciate that thank you yeah mikey it's been an absolute pleasure oh Obviously, thanks for having me in, in not very good circumstances but yeah thank you very much for coming on thank you for, for reaching out to ryan and we'd love you to come back on at some point in the future to, to find out how yeah. you're getting on and where you're at with things. So thank you very much, Mikey, and to your, your wife. It is your wife, isn't it, Tasha? Yes. Yeah. So that brings us to, to the end of episode six. Yeah, thank you for all of the support. Of course, uh, get in touch with Ryan or Amy at any point through any of the ways you can with the Lily May Foundation. We will be back. And if you'd like to come on, if there's a particular topic you would like us to discuss or go over again from a different perspective with different people, we would love to hear from you and you can get in touch at any time. Have a brilliant night, everybody. And hopefully next time we uh, we come on here, we will actually be allowed out of the house for a little bit, which would be nice, wouldn't it? It'd be nice to be able to do it from the pub, wouldn't it? Oh, that'd be good. Now there's yeah. an idea. Let's hold yeah, him to that, Matt. You up for that, Mikey? Yeah, you said about pub earlier. up for it. Yes, please. Okay. <laughs> so the, uh, watch out for the uh, Still Men podcast live from a pub after lockdown near you at some point. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. Thank you very much. Good night, everybody. Adios.